Breaking It Down with Frank McKay. This is 1039 LI News Radio. I'd like to welcome everyone to Breaking It Down. Frank McKay here. So much more importantly, Mike Simonelli is our very special guest. Uh, he's a law enforcement officer, and uh, more more importantly, well, I should say just as importantly, he is a, a veteran of uh, many foreign conflicts, and, and he is uh, he is someone we owe a great deal of gratitude for, not only as his law enforcement career goes on, but uh, certainly for his time in the Army, 30 years uh, all totaled. And he uh, he spent time in Afghanistan and uh, in Iraq, and he is the author of an upcoming book, and it is supposed to be absolutely terrific. Justified Deadly Force and the Myth of Systemic Racism is the name of the book. It is a must-get once it's available, and he retired at the rank of lieutenant colonel. And for reasons of full disclosure, he is a candidate in the 13th Legislative District in Suffolk County. And uh, thrilled to have Mike Simonelli with us. Mike, how are you? Great. Thank you very much, Frank. I appreciate you having me on the show. And, uh, of course, appreciate your, your very vocal support for law enforcement and our military. Well, listen, it's uh, it's it's important. It's important for, for people to understand. We've gone through an insane year and uh, an insane time period and somehow or another uh, it, you know when when there were uh, you know some bad cops somewhere all of a sudden people wanted to de- defund the police and and start doing insane things to all of the right. police officers out there and it's just I've never seen a, a more uh, unfair situation in my life uh, absolutely terrible uh, tough year for law enforcement just to just to kind of uh, bite their tongue and uh, and to move on and get their job done. Very difficult job done. Uh, have you ever seen a year like this? No, it's definitely unprecedented. Uh, I mean, at, at times I thought I was overseas serving in a third world country. Uh, yeah. The way I saw the attacks upon our government, our institutions, um, the, the people. You know, there's a difference between protests and, and riots. And uh, it seems like the mainstream media was trying trying to blur the lines on that on that but we the people on the ground we see the truth and we know the truth and we don't appreciate being lied to and we don't appreciate our police and our people being under attack how long have you been uh, a law enforcement officer um 21 years now started out in nypd and quickly moved over to uh, suffolk county well if you don't mind let's do a little bit of your history and let's start from the beginning where were you born where were you raised Sure. I'm from Brooklyn. I come from a blue-collar family. My father was an iron worker. Mom was uh, taking care of the house and, and the boys. And uh, my dad became a, a union leader. And my brother eventually became an iron worker where he is now. Because it's a long family line of, um, of union workers working for the city, the MTA, sanitation. Uh, also a long family line of veterans. So uh, my, my grandparents, grandfathers were in World War II. My father fought in Vietnam. So at 17, I joined. Uh, I went to the United States Air Force Academy, where I graduated in class of 93. I did my five years of active duty, serving three years in uh, Italy. Uh, I did a tour in Saudi Arabia. And then uh, I returned to New York. And uh, I did various jobs as I waited to get called by one of the, the federal agencies or the, the uh, police departments. And NYPD called first. And I went there in March of 2000, 
And then within six months, I, I uh, was very fortunate to be hired by Suffolk County PD. I moved out here, and that's where I've been serving ever since. I uh, was assigned to the 3rd Precinct. I spent basically 12 years there between patrol, did a year in highway patrol, and uh, then community-oriented police enforcement. And then uh, I was elected by my members to represent them as a treasurer in the PBA, where I did two terms. So for eight years, I was uh, on the PBA board serving the members. And uh, more recently, I was looking to get back to the streets and, and work with my fellow cops and, and protect our citizens on the front lines. I was uh, going for the gun team. And when I spoke out against the police reform task force where Democratic Socialists of America were trying to tell us how we need to reimagine, reinvent, and defund the police, I had my transfer canceled. So uh, that, that was kind of a disappointment. But I, I was also elected as the sergeant at arms for the PBA around that time. So I'm continuing to represent my members while I'm now in a, a different position uh, with the police department. You know, it, it just it just amazing. Every time someone says the words defund the police, it just it almost sounds like a joke. And it sounds like, uh, it, you know, it sounds like what the hell are they talking about? Defund the police. And, you know, especially out here in, in, in Suffolk and, you know, Nashua police uh, in, in New York City, boy, the, the nonsense they've got to deal with there and uh, i mean can you just uh, you imagine if if those efforts were ever successful let me remind folks once again mike simonelli is our very special guest and he is uh he, he is a suffolk county police officer but uh, so much more than that he is the author of an upcoming book called justified deadly force and the myth of systemic racism and he has spent time in afghanistan and uh, in iraq defending and fighting for our nation and just what, what an incredible year 30 years uh, retired as a lieutenant colonel and uh, what what a wonderful career in in public service and it just seems Thank like his friend. whole whole life is public service uh mike simonelli once again uh, also uh once again i should mention he is a candidate for the 13th legislative district in suffolk county uh frank mckay here much more importantly mike simonelli uh, mike you mentioned your your dad, and I, whenever you mention uh, anyone mentions Vietnam vets, there's a special place in my heart just simply because of the the, the crap they had to deal with when they came back. Absolutely, yes. And, and wow, I mean, never before, and one of the most shameful time periods. Uh, it's certainly, uh, having anything to do with the military in our country was uh, was right. the treatment that these guys uh, came uh, came back here, uh, and, and you know you, you hear the famous stories, uh, guys in the cab, and he said, you know, I just got back from Vietnam, and the cab driver turned around and said, so what? I mean, can you you right. know just imagine? So you, how? Just tell us a little about your dad, without going too too much into it. We we need a whole show to talk about Vietnam vets. But uh, how how was your dad's experience coming back from Vietnam, and what was his uh, what what was his attitude towards the treatment of the vets? Uh, I think, like most Vietnam veterans, he didn't really speak much about it. But as I went along in my service and, and served in Iraq and Afghanistan, little pieces would come out when we uh, you know when we would talk. And one thing he recently told me about was how in Hawaii, when he was went there on leave from Vietnam. He uh, was kicked out of the Hilton um, for a night. They messed up the reservations, and, uh, you know, he had nowhere to go, him and his fiance, my, my mom. And uh, 
it, it still hurts him to this day that he's like, listen, I'm, I'm here from Vietnam. I'm only two weeks leave. And uh, they had no, they said, no, sorry, it doesn't matter. You, you got to go. And uh, I think that was representative of the feeling towards the Vietnam veterans at that time, yep. which I was glad to see that that has changed, that mindset. You know, whether people agreed with Iraq uh, or not, because that was con more controversial than, say, the Afghan war. But everybody was very welcoming and appreciative of us veterans. Um, and I never thought I would see it. But what I, I think I saw the way the Vietnam veterans were treated in the way the police have been treated this past year, which uh, I never thought I, I would you know, see that comparison firsthand myself. But it, it definitely rang true. And it was a real shock when you think about, the, you know, less than 20 years ago, how the police, uh, emergency services, first responders were so lauded because of their efforts running into the buildings, you know, 9-11, the two trade centers coming down. Uh, and then, you know, less than 20 years later, demonized for, for um, things that the media is completely blown out of proportion and racializing incidents that have nothing to do with race. Yeah, just, uh, you know, you kind of stole my thunder there. I, that's the point I was going to make is, no, no, please, it's more important it's coming out of your mouth than than my mouth and I, i'll tell you what it's just it, it's unbelievable i the only thing i can compare how our law enforcement folks were treated right. in the in the wake of some terrible things right that happened by individuals um it, it is vietnam you know is we yeah. we treated not we i mean but the certain certain uh, members of society of american society treated the vietnam veterans like they were you know, pariahs, or they were like, what? I, you know, they, for the most part, they were draftees. They were all drafted right. exactly. over there. Uh, they had no choice. They had no, you know, to to go over there. In this right. particular case, you know, someone goes into law enforcement, and they're thinking, hey, I'm going out there. I'm going to put my life on the line. I'm going to defend the the rights of the civilians. I'm going to put my life second to to other people's here. Absolutely. And, and, and they're getting spit on, or they're, they're getting yelled at, or Right. Whatever. But I it really, uh, you know, the the most disgraceful or one of the most disgraceful times with our military and our public servants uh, in, uh, in in our history was Vietnam. But uh, right behind That's that, not. right behind that is is what went on here in uh, right. in, the, in the last couple of years, the treatment of the law enforcement uh, offices that. Um, uh, you know, just completely unjustified. Uh, and spe right. speaking of justified, the name of the book is Justified Deadly Force. And my, uh, let me see, uh, The Myth of Systemic Racism. It's a mouthful, but it's a great title. And Mike Thank Simonelli is the, is the author of that book. Uh, he's a law enforcement officer here in Suffolk County. And he is a vet of uh, of both uh, Afghan uh, Afghanistan and uh and and also Iraq. Uh we're limited on time so we're going to need a, a part 2 for him. He's the author of this upcoming book and l let me just ask you a little something I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you about Afghanistan and what's going on there. So many people that I speak to that who served over there are are very much concerned not only about the 30,000 Americans that are that are still there but there's a, a tremendous concern about the assets and the the folks that were on the ground there helping our vets and the interpreters and right, and, right. and the other folks. Uh, what's your first thought when you see this this mess that's uh, that's happening now? Well, obviously, it's a huge disappointment. You know, a lot of us went over there and 
of course, it would have been nice to be able to improve Afghanistan, to bring the country around to the principles and freedoms that we're so uh, used to here in America. Um, but it was obviously a long-term, uh, that would be a long-term, um, that was a long-term battle trying to get that done. And you kind of had two things that you were looking at doing when you were there. Your principal mission, obviously, to keep your fellow soldiers safe and alive, come back from each mission. And while you're doing that, you are protecting America by fighting the enemy on, on his territory and keeping them from coming here, keeping them from being able to have bases where they can train freely and um, and develop plans to attack us like they did with 9-11. So in that, in that regard, we were very effective as we did not have another 9-11 attack for the 19 years that we were in Afghanistan. Then secondly, it's, it's, it's just in our genes that we want our freedoms to extend to the rest of the world. And, we, and there are people in Afghanistan, good people that want the same thing. Unfortunately, there's a very deep culture of corruption and it's also a different culture altogether, whereas they don't have the allegiance to a, a nation the way we here in America do. Their allegiance is to their family and their tribe. Uh, as you see with um, that, that's the Pashtun culture. Um, so every time we would identify a provincial leader or police chief as the person we're working with, it would come out that they're one of the most corrupt people in that province. And you're just told, oh, well, you have to work with them because then the alternative, the next guy is just as bad. Yeah. So, Amazing. It, it, yeah, it was kind of a losing proposition in that regard. Uh, unfortunately, the good people's voices are, are drowned out by the evil ones that want the power, that have the connections to the Taliban uh, or, or crazy the um, Islamist ideologies that you see the Taliban is now pushing with the Sharia where they're already killing the women just for not wearing a burqa. They're already attacking the people, um, just trying to, to get free. And you, you see women handing their babies over the fence to, to strangers to get them out of there, to give you some idea of how horrible oh and repressive that regime is. Just amazing. I mean, what yeah. what we're dealing with at this point is just uh, is, is pure chaos. Absolutely, uh, you know, insane what we're watching. And, and yeah. quite frankly, um, I don't know, uh, you know, I don't know what the end uh, result will be. But I mean, even, uh, you know, with the situation from uh, from President Biden, I mean, his his Dems have turned on him and they've uh, they've criticized him. Even the mainstream press who've been completely, completely in favor of, right, of, of right. the Democrats and and of well, Biden, uh, they've turned on him. I've well, never seen anything like it. Yeah, it's a self-inflicted disaster. It did not have to ha end this way, and it was a very simple solution. If we would have kept Bagram Airfield, we had a secure base from which we can have our special operators, our air assets, assist the, the uh, Afghan army in their continued efforts to spread peace uh, throughout Afghanistan and keep it stable. So we only needed a force of a few thousand right there. They didn't have to go out into the provinces, as we've done for the past 19 years, trying to bring projects to people that don't want them or they couldn't be um, uh, inspected. So you're just making millionaires out of warlords. All we had to do is keep that base. Uh, look, we haven't been attacked. I think the last time we had a soldier killed was last year. And we were very effective and could have continued doing that and projecting power to deter the emerged China, the resurging Russia, who are right there in that backyard and are now going to come in and fill a void with America being gone.
Yeah. Well, listen. Uh, just uh, you know, from you know, from uh, from my thoughts and your thoughts and everyone, we're we're hoping that first and foremost, the thirty thousand Americans get out safely, and then you know the people that they fought and you fought and everyone else that uh, that was involved over there that uh, that the the people that you fought to protect will somehow uh be, absolutely yeah be uh, surviving this or survive a better i i just i i'm not optimistic uh the the way it looks it looks like a disaster uh, another it reminder is. If you if you were just joining us or if you just turned on your radio a little late, Mike Simonelli is our very special guest, and uh, he's a law enforcement officer here in Suffolk County, and he has served uh, our country proudly, and his family, who is a long long line of uh, vets in foreign on foreign soil uh, in Afghanistan and Iraq. He's the author of the book Justified Deadly Force and the Myth of systemic racism and we'll let you know when you can get that and actually before we let you go mike and i know we're pressed for time here but you know on your end and i hopefully we can get you back for a, a part two uh give us a little something on the book and, and give us a, an overview and and when you think we'll be able to get it oh excellent love to uh, well, it was the, the attacks on law enforcement that we saw the past year that compelled me to run for office, as I'm doing now for the 13th Legislative District, and to write this book. And one thing I have to let you know about the book, we see these activists that are supporting movements that are trying to destroy our country and then using a million of dollars to buy estates in uh, well-to-do neighborhoods. 100% of the profits of this book are going to be donated to organizations, 501c3 companies that are supporting the families of fallen officers, um, such as Officers Down Memorial Page, Survivors of the Shield, the um, law, law enforcement, National Law Enforcement Officers Memorial Foundation. So I'm not keeping the dime because our country needs for, and our profession of police needs for the truth to be out there a lot more than I need any of the money that will come out of this book. So I just wanted to get that out there. Terrific. Uh, they say, uh, I think it was Mark Twain said, there's lies, damn lies, and statistics. Well, the statistics are being used to destroy our, our country by making it appear that anytime the police are related in a, are in a involved in a justified deadly force incident, incident where the person is a person of color, the media and the, pro, the uh, protesters, they are trying to racialize it when it has absolutely nothing to do with that. So I go through two years of each incident of an unarmed person being shot by the police, and I look at not the skin color, but I look at what was that person doing that brought them in contact with the police? What happened when the police came in contact with them? What, were that, what was the subject reactions? Did they comply? Were they high? Previous violence? Well, you know, were they trying to run the officer over? So there's a lot more to it than just the person was this color, the cop was that color. Yeah, I, right. You know, I mean, a lot of people tried to make this uh, a, a, along the lines of color, and and the media, right. you know, just played it. Uh, you know, played it in. And listen, all that cases of racism, there's no question about it. We've seen it. But again, you know, you take these individual cases and then you, you try to make it a, uh, you know, a, a systemic uh, issue that that all cops are. Or this is it, it, it just exactly. absolutely terrible. I, I mean, look, you, you know, you see it in every profession. It's it's, uh, you know, teachers and everything else. But no, never before. Did uh, did we see this kind of uh, treatment of law enforcement folks no. and 
and you, you know, you guys must have woke up one day and said, "What kind of what kind of world are we in?" And, and again, it was you know, it was the media. It was uh, it, you know, like a uh, you know, certain activists that made that. And again, nobody, right? But nobody is trying to say that there were uh, there were no problems anywhere. But it, when you take individual situations, you take individual situations and then blame the whole force. It's just uh, it's disgraceful. It's disgusting. Our law enforcement here in Suffolk County, for example, is just absolutely great and you mentioned the pba they've yes, been absolutely terrific and uh and the work that they've done with the community is just is, is just second to none uh we brought up the point and and we got to let you run mike uh i know you're on the run maybe we can get you back and talk more about the We'd book love to, talk, talk about all kinds of things but but again that connection between the vietnam vets and, and those heroic folks like your dad who came back here and and was uh, you know was treated I, I I don't you know like a, you know like yeah, a criminal spit on and yelled at yeah, yeah d- disgusting, and right. uh, and that is the only thing that I can compare how law enforcement folks have been treated in this this past year. Mike Simonelli, I, I want to congratulate you on all your success and all your wonderful service to this much, country Frank. and to this county. And uh, good luck in your your Thank pursuit, you. uh, your your uh, political endeavors here, and certainly the book. And uh, when when's the book available? We're expecting a, a late September uh, release, which uh, it's kind of, I, I timed it because the National uh, Law Enforcement Memorial is held this year in Washington, D.C. in October. So I was hoping to go down there with a few hundred copies and get it out to my fellow officers from around the country so they can spread the word and see that there's somebody fighting for them and spreading the real truth about how great and how restrained and professional our police officers are in, throughout the country. Listen, amen. Uh, Mike Simonelli, thank you very much for being here. Thank you, Frank. Appreciate it. Look forward to talking to you again. Mike Simonelli, everyone, is uh, is a law enforcement officer here in Suffolk County. He is a vet for uh, over 30 years, and he retired uh, in the Army with the— um, uh, with the rank of lieutenant colonel, you could imagine the things he's seen, and we'd need a whole show to talk just just about you know parts of of some of the things he's seen. Um, absolutely uh, uh, wonderful career, and the name of his book is Justified Deadly Force and the Myth of Systemic Racism, and it's important to get it regardless of what side of the argument you are on. Get this book if you want to be if if you want to be educated from all sides and you want to be a critical thinker. Get this book. It, it promises to be very informative, and we'll have him on again when the, when the book is is ready. Uh, and again, for reasons of full disclosure, he is running in the 13th legislative district in uh, Suffolk County for the Suffolk County Legislature. And again, uh, former vet Mike Simonelli has been our very special guest. We'll see you all next time on Breaking It Down.